I, mean, I, I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a YouTuber left for WoW, folks. I mean, good. good. I mean, honestly, every twenty minutes, there's a new reason why there shouldn't be a YouTuber left for WoW. So, like, I'm not. That's like not surprising to me. I mean, honestly, it is a little surprising just because fucking streamers are sometimes true garbage. But I'm glad to see that in this case, they're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really brave that they're quitting at a time when the game is bad. They certainly, <laughs> certainly very brave of them uh, when the game isn't fun to play. They're, they're also they're also quitting. Um, but but I would hazard to say that if the game was still good, we would be have a much different reaction to all this. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> this is as good a time as any to say, hey, everyone, welcome to the Game Boys podcast, a podcast about video games. Um, I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Lux. And I am I am Griffin, uh, we, and we're joined, uh, of course, as always, by uh, producer extraordinaire Haley. On the whoa, 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 ones and twos, and not only are we joined by Haley as usual, we're joined by a less usual but still frequent guest, our friend Rory Blank, who is mm-hmm. currently doing some thermal printing. I, I got a job. Yeah, no, we we said before the podcast we discussed that there might be some weird noises coming from Rory because he needs to get some shirts out and some other stuff. Um, and we said that that was all right because uh, I don't know. Sometimes we like to do shit that's stupid. I think it's better. I mean, it does give people things something to listen to that's not us talking, which is. Yeah. Like that's a big texture. It makes the whole it thing does. seem more. Uh, is, is it, it media in res? Is that the term? And media res. Yeah, we're it's yeah. cinema verite in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. is a gorilla podcast, as you can tell from the mm-hmm. horrible office sounds that are happening in the background. This is going to be our most productive episode yet. I have a feeling. Productive is a really funny way to describe any episode of the show. <laughs> Um, uh, what, what, uh, Rory, what, what, what is, what, what are you printing? What, what is the, what are you printing right now? Uh, shipping labels for shirts. You know, uh, every, every month, the, this is, this is how I pay my rent. Every month I, uh, design t-shirts that some of my friends screen print for me. And then I mail them all out in one lump, uh, in one like bulk go. And it takes like a full day of my life. And I don't go outside or talk to anybody for like a day straight and I just pack things. But as you can see, here's uh, somebody's private information. Yeah, we, we, we can't we can't see it because your video's off, but we, we can imagine it. Oh, all right. I'll turn it on so you can uh, if you just want to read someone's <laughs> private. Information. Yeah, if you just want to read somebody's private address, it's right here's here. What we'll do. We'll read it out loud and we'll, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, this is just going to keep happening. That bubbling sound is, is that bubbling sound is like very mysterious to me. I have it's no cute. idea how it, how it comes up on your end. It sounds there's so, like a, every so often it sounds like someone's mixing a potion. Yeah, I I, what, I don't understand like what the sounds it's making correlate to because it'll make different sounds as it's printing things will look virtually identical. Hmm. That th- this is all par for the course for a sick, twisted landscape like Austin, Texas, where everyone is 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 printing in their in their garages weird little inventions. Speaking of uh, locations, Griffin, I see you've changed your setup. Oh yeah, I, I'm in my room because I need like it's too hot. <laughs> Like I, I, I don't like it's it's colder in Texas than than L.A. Yeah, because you guys have A.C. and like my living room gets so fucking hot. And we just had a thunderstorm. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just can't concentrate. (laughs) This is one of the best best all time Griffin hacks of of my life. This is one of the best days in the world. Uh, Griffin. (laughs) Let's get you back on task by asking you the question. What do we want to talk about to start this podcast? Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, gain of function research. Okay. G- go on. What is that? That's not like one of the topics you and I discussed at all this week. So I don't know what you're what talking is, what about. What is gain of function research? First That's and a great foremost. question. Neither of you guys know what gain of function research is. I've heard no. the term. I don't even think it's, I have. It's. 
it's it's part of the what was used in the Wuhan lab to, right, to potentially right, yeah. create the virus. It's when you take a virus and you make it stronger to see what it does. Yeah. And that's and that's what they're guessing the, the Wuhan. Listen, I was I was making a joke and now it seems like I'm taking a stand. I am explaining something. No, I haven't teaching. decided. I haven't decided <laughs> if it's if, it, if this is my thing or not. But I'm letting you know it's a thing. No, I mean, I appreciate that. I like to learn, learn new words. And I get, you know, that was, a, that was a good one. I had no, I literally had no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, for, I, mean, it, I, I remembered what it is. It's, it's a pretty normal part of like any kind of virology. Just like you got some viral phages or whatever mm-hmm. the word is. And you just kind of decide what would happen if I added another little doohickey on here? What if I gave it, this truck it, nuts? What's it going to do? It's, exactly. It's a lot like the movie old by M night Shalomon. God, I want to watch I, it I don't so know. bad. I don't, you guys haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we weren't able to get it together last night. Um, it's on the docket, though. We were going to go see it last night, but uh, so, I forgot that I had to do the Wisecrack podcast, The Squanch. Rory, where is your microphone? Uh, over here. It's over here? Yeah. Can you, can you just, can you, can you maybe rip it just farther away from the mic? These things are like so, the rip is so resonant. I can do it, I can do it more slowly like this. Now it's technically ASMR. Um, yeah, I'm just trying the threshold. I'm just trying to soothe oh your fans. I'm trying I'll to add make that this in the uh, in the tags on the next episode of releases. I'll add an so, ASMR tag. Oh, now I have to leave this by just if I just start whispering everything that we're saying to make this much more soothing experience for the audience. It's all it's all you you're moving it closer to the mic now. Yeah, well, yeah. That's how you ASMR. Yeah, I, I am right. enhancing the production quality of your show by adding. If we were on Twitch, we would get a lot more viewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We be the next an- the three of us could be the next Amaranth. Yeah, this is going to like get you guys into six digits. Honestly, given how bad we are at guessing which episodes will do well and which ones won't, I bet this one will be like a fucking huge jump in the viewership. Yeah, noise perverts um, are everywhere not, and they love this. This is what they love. Not, all the people who have come to us through the weird Jared uh, podcast shit, um, they, uh, they get a special treat. What is that? What is this? Speaking of people coming to us from from weird angles, uh, we have to we have to cover some mailbag uh, right at the top. Uh, I got a little DM about the podcast uh, from uh, a doctor. Oh, uh, and and this doctor <laughs> said that she has a crush on Lux Whoa. and can't find him on Instagram, so she found me. Right. So not finding me on Instagram. Sloppy seconds. Not finding me on Instagram extremely intentional <laughs> um you're not supposed to find me on instagram it's good that you didn't however i do mm-hmm. i do say my twitter handle at the end of like i don't know upwards of 50 percent of the episodes um so if you're really looking for me you can find me there but also you can just talk to griffin that's just like talk fine. to griffin just talk to griffin i'll be I'll I'll do a whole middleman for your relationship the whole time. I don't no, that's not what I meant by talk to Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> I no, just, I'll just, just talk to Griffin and I'll just I'll just like go that's off you, and do my thing. That's what you used to do, Lux. You used to used to like be the middleman for like incels. That's true. Right? I did used to be a virtual dating assistant and Whoa. help mm-hmm. people do dating online by writing their profiles and messaging. A simpler Whoa. time. Yeah. I got paid a lot of money to do it and then I quit when I decided I had, it was gross. I had no idea you did that. Yeah, that was my job yeah. for like eight months. Why? Why was it gross? I just felt like I was. I, mean, I felt like I mean I was just lying to people. Oh, okay. I was sort of like the guy you're talking to is clever and smart. When actually they're talking to me, who is somewhat shit. clever and smart. I, wait, so this is like an entire. There's just an entire digital industry of like online Cyrano de Bergeracs. Exactly. I was a digital yes. Cyrano de Bergerac. Fuck. It's a real mm-hmm. thing you can that, do in Vegas. That was your handle, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't even have a handle. I was in disguise. I was in covert. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, it was like occasionally, I, once in a while, some of our clients were like super wealthy and I'd fuck up and be like, yeah, it's great here in Cincinnati. And then they'd be like, I thought you lived in Charlotte. And I'd be like, oh, I'm traveling in my private plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hot air balloon. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. God, usually I'm based in Charlotte, but I took my ship over to uh, Charleston. 
you have to think that like in, in this in this life, you know, where we, we, there's fewer and fewer hours in the day, why not export all of these side tasks like communicating with other humans? You know, why don't you have someone else do those? Is that right. catfishing? It's kind of catfishing. In a way, it was the it's opposite. Not catfishing. It's your it's not catfishing a story yeah, about catfishing. No, because it was it's also a, the opposite. Because the thing is, catfishing is presenting a false... You don't see what they look like. Yeah, yeah. a false image and a false life. When in reality, you're presenting a true image and a true life attached to a false guy. Mm-hmm. And a false god. Yeah, well, uh, you know, such so are they all. Um, <laughs> God. But, and, um, and if anything, what I want people to take away from this is Roxanne starring Steve Martin classic movie that's true very true a great movie i, I, I love that I film have, i think i actually have the, the one screen. where he has a giant nose yeah, yeah it's an adaptation of cyrano de bergerac who famously had mm. a giant nose but which is why i mean also, oh. he just he just like also, in the drawings like it. just had a big like a, a, a hooked nose like steve you know, martin has like a fucking pinocchio how- honker yeah, that's true. Exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of people talk about how Blazing Saddles couldn't get made today. But, you know, I don't think that Sierra Bergenac could have had that <laughs> nose today. Yeah, it's true. I don't, I don't think you um, could make the Andy Griffith show today because it's fucking boring and no one would watch it. <laughs> fucking wipe my hands. The take is clean. Um, but, yeah, um, dear, dear, uh, dear uh, DMer of Griffin, uh, my my suggestions to you are to either just keep DMing Griffin, he's a great person to talk to, um, or, you know, listen to the end of the show where I say what my Twitter handle is. Mm-hmm. Um, those mm-hmm. are your two best options. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I wanted to, I had a question for both of you. You know, it, it, there's been a lot of talk uh, on the horizon of, you know, uh, lockdown reloaded, lockdown 2.0. People are getting horny for it. People are, are are getting mad at Lollapalooza children for going to a concert. And everyone around me in Los Angeles is saying that we're going to eventually lock down again. And so I want to see what you guys think. And also it's like, you know, we played a lot of video games during lockdown, but like did we accomplish enough as gamers during the lockdown? And like, <laughs> now that we have a second shot at this thing, what what, what do we think about all this? Um, well, I think the Lollapalooza shit is kind of silly because outdoor COVID transmission is basically like the thing is where we should a second lockdown is definitely on the table and definitely like not necessarily a terrible idea. But we like know a lot more about what we're locking down against than we did the first time. And so, like, outdoor COVID transmission, especially if we're wearing a mask, pretty impossible. And it's sunny, um, especially if it's sunny out. Especially if it's sunny out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially if baby is telling the truth on stage. Well, which, unfortunately, is a rare and nigh impossible occurrence. <laughs> um, but so there's that. But I do think that there's like possibly a second lockdown for sure. It's just like what that means is so different than what it meant the first time, I think, unless people are like being sort of silly. But what is it? I mean, but what, but what, I mean, certainly what it maybe mean to you or me, but certainly, I mean, like what will its effectiveness like do like the, the people who aren't getting vaccinated, like, well, would a second lockdown? Yeah. They didn't lock down the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, what's this going to do for them? Like probably nothing. Cause like they don't remember these listening people who were like, we're not locking down. We're going to live life till we get the vaccine. And then there was like, there's a vaccine now. And they're like, we're not getting that either. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, I have no idea what, yeah, I I have no idea what a second lockdown would be like because you know, if if it's anything like the last one, then it's not going to fucking do anything because the last lockdown didn't do the basic things that needed to happen in order to make this go away. Like if you look at Australia, places like that, they had what would be by American standards, like a tyrannical thing that happened. And when I say by American standards, I mean, I think it would be fine, but somebody got mad at me for saying it. You just pay people to fucking stay home. Just give people enough money to live. That's the one thing we didn't fucking do. We could have been done with this at so many different points, if not for just fundamental things about the way that America works. Yeah. I had an Australian friend who was like complaining about how like tyrannical it was. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I am so jealous of you. Like I'm, I wish it was like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would also say though, that like, I think one thing that really does get, I think missed in a lot of this talk is like, we are 
reaping what we've sown by creating a disastrous uh healthcare system in this country. Oh yeah. A I lot mean, of these people think that the vaccine costs yeah. money. Uh, you know, a lot of these people don't have a positive relationship with any doctor ever and have been screwed over, hoodwinked and tricked by these people. I mean, a this lot is of people have even charged you, for the vaccine illegally. And people have, yeah, and this is what happens when you completely alienate people from any positive experience with healthcare. This is what happens. And unfortunately there is really no solution to it so let me at least fucking go see a fucking movie i don't know no i mean that at is this sort point of, that is sort of the thing right like i mean we're just talking about we're gonna go see old like it's at this point like the genie's out of the bottle and it seems like there's no real putting it back in and a lot of that is because of like totally failed public health infrastructure like the way this should work is they pay everyone to stay home everyone's health care is free and like you're fine. That's how most countries have handled it. That's why most countries are doing a lot better than America is. Um, mm -hmm. But that's not what we're doing. And so the genie's out of the bottle. And so it's like, well, if I have to like, if I'm going to be assuming this risk on behalf of a bunch of dipshits, like I'll at least go see fucking old, like, right. You know, like yeah. I'm being asked to assume a huge amount of risk just by being alive by, by the way, by the way the system works. And like, that's, you know, dog shit. But like, if that's the mm -hmm. world we live in, then like, let me go see a fucking movie. So, so we all had gamer journeys during the first lockdown, okay? Right. Uh, and uh, now with this, you know, if there is a second lockdown, what is that game that you're going to play for that second lockdown? Um, Something to look forward to. I think I'm probably going to go ahead and end up playing Death Stranding all the way through again. Once Hell, the is that what you did the first time? No, actually, I played it way before... Uh, that happened. My big, oh, we were just talking. We were yeah. just talking about it a lot during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I started playing it during the pandemic and and beat it, and it's too long. And the, director the director's cut, cut is going to be even fucking longer. It might get know. me the whole way through lockdown too. I, I I listen. Okay, then I think for me, yeah, I'll play Death Stranding director's cut, and I'll build the entire highway this time. Hell yeah, me. I think I might go back and just replay all the fire emblems from the beginning. <laughs> Mm -hmm. My big thing that um, I've been doing over the past year has been I have played every single from software game from Demon Souls to Sekiro. I am currently going through Sekiro for a second time. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I feel weird talking about them because I don't want to talk about or encourage people to buy Activision products. Uh, if you've never played Sekiro and you don't own a copy and you want to play it, it's, it's online. Buy two copies of Elden Ring, maybe. Yeah, which is owned by not Activision. No, it's a, it's being published by Bandai. Every from mm. game except for um, Sekiro is published by Bandai. I don't know why they mm. went with Activision for Sekiro. Yeah, it it, it is tough because yeah, it's like I mean, specifically with the Blizzard stuff. Uh, the major a lot of those people were from the World of Warcraft team specifically, um, and it feels very direct for me to like not want to play that game. But like now, like when there's these like multi conglomerate companies that own so much of the art that exists, like it, it's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm not gonna play one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. Yeah, but we do know that it was like broad scale institutional rot, like up and down. So like you can sort of lo you can sort of be like, fuck all of it. But it is a lot harder to say fuck all of it when it's like a company that owns like half the fucking games. I mean, I'm not like super up on everything that's happening, but my general impression from what I do know is that pretty much it seems like Activision is a sexual harassment company that dabbles in game production. Yeah, <laughs> that does seem to be the vibe. So I, I wouldn't <laughs> encourage anybody to give them any money. However, I would very much encourage people to break international intellectual property laws and steal shit. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I would maybe you can't I, do I multiplayer, people, but fuck it. I suggest people camp out at like a GameStop terminal or like one of those Walmart terminal ones and just play it all there. Yeah. COVID, COVID safe procedure is to stay, in, safe, yeah. is to stay indoors in a public space and play a video game for, I don't know. 14, 18 hours. I mean, yeah. I don't think mm -hmm. anybody at GameStop gives a shit. You could probably walk out of there with some stuff. Yeah. I mean, some GameStops will definitely just let you steal from them because they don't care. Game GameStops keep the doors unlocked. <laughs> they, they leave and the, they leave the doors unlocked. They actually like, leave the open sign something. facing out even when no one's there. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful landscape. So, yeah, I mean, I just... 
I wanted to mention what was going through my head about it, but I wanted to have a positive spin on it. And I guess that positive spin is more Death Stranding. Oh, yeah. also, it's, it's the game that I've been looking forward to the most for like five fucking years. Psychonauts 2 is coming out next this month. Shit, it's just a few weeks away. Yeah, it might be time for the old Lux man to get a fucking Xbox Series S, man. We're starting to run into that time where it's there's happening. exclusives for the Xbox that the Lux man craves. There is one well, Xbox that, exclusive <laughs> that is good. Two, because there's also the Ascent. Oh, yeah. I guess people like the, that. The Ascent. I don't know it's what that is. It's not so, Psychonauts it's 2. RPG that looks cool. It's not Psychonauts 2, so, though. It's not Psychonauts. It's no Psychonauts 2. Um, yeah, so it's important. I think it's a, Rory is an important guest on in the Game Boys universe because uh, Rory is, you know, living two different lives: the PS5 life and the Xbox One Series One X. Yeah, I, zero. I am one of like maybe ten people in the country who somehow has both next gen consoles. Wow, this guy's a baller, the- shot caller. And that's probably not true. There should be some expose on you guys. Um, so wh- how is the owning the Xbox? <laughs> how is the owning the Xbox? And um, what are initial thoughts now, now that you own this thing that plays no new games? Uh, well, I mean, to that specifically, actually, pretty much all I've been doing with it since I got, you know, uh, what is allegedly the most advanced console that's ever been built. Uh, I've been playing Banjo-Tooie. I've played almost yeah. nothing but Banjo-Tooie. I've played a little bit of Forza. Fuck. That's kind of nice. It's so but, good. Uh, I, I bought this thing to play old Rareware games on, and that's what I'm doing. That's actually exactly what I would have done, too. I, and Banjo-Tooie, I think, is so much better than, than Banjo-1. That, that's like a very rough game in a lot of ways. I feel like Banjo-Tooie really takes it up a notch. I've never actually beat Banjo-Tooie before, either, because I rented it from Blockbuster in 2000 one or 2002 and uh left my nintendo 64 on for a week because my family had to go to mississippi for a funeral and when i came back my nintendo 64 didn't work anymore oh you melted yeah i melted a copy of banjo tooie or my or my nintendo 64 or both you made it banjo gooey oh no i hate that you said that so in a way this is so much this is my first time in a way this is like a redemption arc so, so that's a reason, you know, I think the only reason to have the Xbox right now is for Game Pass. Um, and yeah, it, some of these older classic titles that you don't really think about, um, like Banjo-Kazooie, that's a that's a real big one All right there. Them. Bard's um, Tale 1, Bard's Tale 2, original Bard's Tale toads, 3. Uh, that dwarf game Whoa. that Rare made. Uh, sure. I think um, Max Payne might be on there. Max Payne was on there and we scrolled through all the titles a couple weeks ago. Uh, other friend of the show, Chris Monica and Rory and I went through all the titles on the Xbox at Rory's house. Okay. And so just looked at enjoying, all of them. You're enjoying Banjo. Uh, are you enjoying the, the look and the feel just like the tactile sense of owning the system, looking at Honestly, it, feeling the controller. Um, I like the, okay. So I, I like the console itself. I like that. It's this, horrifying looking ominous monolith that sits in the corner that also makes a cute little noise whenever I turn it on like the PlayStation 5 does a single beep when you turn it on the Xbox goes like like it sings to you it feels that's cute yeah somehow the, the PS5 looks more like having an alien object in your house but the Xbox feels more like having something that aliens made in my house Huh. Okay, because well, it sings to me. Here's my, so, here's my big question for you, which is how does playing games on there feel? Because Psychonauts 2 is going to be available as a PS4 game, mm-hmm. which means I can play it on my PS5, mm-hmm. but it won't be designed for the PS5. Mm-hmm. So um, how good is the specific experience of playing Xbox games on the Xbox in that way? I mean, so just in terms of performance, I really cannot discern much of a difference that would make me say like one seems better than the other other than just that like I guess is it fast switching is that what it's called the thing where you can like hop from the quick the quick switch quick switch yeah. yeah that I don't know how that works but it feels like magic like I can leave a game and then go to a different game and it will like immediately pick up where I left off rather than like going to the load screen and I, I don't know how that works or isn't like just taking up an exponential amount of uh, of uh, memory on it, 
but that's kind of neat. Other than that, like, I mean, honestly, uh, Xbox controllers feel cheap. I don't know why, but like, they just feel like they're made out of flimsier plastic. And Mm -hmm. also, um, I thought that the adaptive trigger thing on the PS5 was going to be a really dumb gimmick when I got the PS5, but I, I miss it. Like, anytime I play something that doesn't have that, I I miss the tactile sensation of, like, my, my, uh, tr- yeah, I miss the, the resistance. And, like, it, it feels really strange playing stuff without it now. And the Xbox doesn't have that. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing. And Griffin and I, uh, I think talked about this a bunch that, like, I especially when they were promoting what the PlayStation 5 was going to be like was real like dismissive of the controller being like a cool new piece of technology. Mm-hmm. But it fucking rules. Yeah, on paper it, it seems like a chintzy carnival trick thing, but somehow like it really does seem engaging to have like some sort of pushback that makes you feel like you're like actually interacting with the space more. Yeah. Somehow it's the only reason to own it really. And even then I'm walking by it all the time now and it's just dusty. Like my PS five is dusty as fuck. Like there really is no reason to have a next gen console. I mean, I've, I'm loving my, I, mean, I, I, I play a lot I got, of sports games. I got one for you. Psychonauts two. It's true. Sure. Um, although you can play that on the PS4. I mean, so. You can do a lot of things, but that's true. What, so why would you suggest this life that you live of owning both consoles being one of the 10? Yeah. Is this a life you would suggest to others? Is this a are you are you saying that this is the right way to be a video gamer in 2021? No. Uh, honestly, no, uh, I I mean, I, I had the money for it, so I don't feel like I made a horrible mistake, but it, I don't really think that it's necessary by any means. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Will it ever be necessary? Um, maybe in like five years when there's enough shit to like actually warrant buying either of them. And speaking of shit to warrant buying either of them, um, we have sort of gotten uh, more dark news uh, about the future of the Xbox with this Halo Infinite beta that happened this Uh-oh. week. You, did any of you guys see any of this? No. Um, I did. I saw that it happened. I did not get look, look into it. So basically, uh, you know, as we know, the only reason that they were hoping people would buy this thing is to play the new Halo game, which then immediately got delayed indefinitely. Um, the original trailer at E3 came out and it looked like shit. It looked really bad. It looked like Xbox 360 or worse. Um, And it got ragged on a bunch. Then they released this beta. And guess what? It looks like shit and plays like shit. Uh, There's this like gif going around of like them like shooting boxes of fruit. And it's just like they shoot a bunch of like fruit and it all just explodes at like one pixel but then they go back to like a game from like 2006 and it's like slicing the fruit like perfectly like in different shapes and it's like yeah this game is just a mess it's just it is not going to be any kind of like savior ip game for the xbox i mean it's certainly Um, not going to be a psychonauts dude yeah, it's not going to be it's, Psychonauts, it's no too. Psychonauts too. It's no Psychonauts 2. It's no Psychonauts 2. That's the that, real takeaway here. Um, so, the, 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 did you need to make Psychonauts 2 more often? Yeah. yeah, we should honestly be on Psychonauts 7 or 8. Yeah, I know. I, I completely, unironically agree with that. I think Tim Schafer yeah, should I will, I mean, be like, the biggest developer in games. He makes most never, of my favorite games that anyone's ever made. I, I never played Psychonauts. Oh you my god, up. Griff, you man, fucked it's up. so it's good. On Go every, do it. It's on everything. Though. You can you can definitely. What what is it? So you play as Raz, a kid who sort of sneaks into Psychic Sleepaway Camp uh, for reasons that get disclosed as the game goes on, and you learn how to be a psychic and you solve mysteries at the camp largely by sort of running around doing some platforming in the camp and then going into people's brains and solving weird surrealist puzzles that take place in their minds. It's the basis for the movie okay. Inception. It's a lot like Inception, but, but it's like way more like Inception. Before. And cooler. Uh, yeah, like... So you play as Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Um, if Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio brain was has like, like a child who ran away from the circus and can do acrobatics... And sounds and like some very fun kind of on the nose stuff where like you get points by collecting figments of their imagination that are like weird shapes and like everyone has mental baggage. And if you can find the specific piece of baggage and it's key, you get bonuses. 
stuff like that. And in uh, execution, uh, every person's brain you go into is designed completely differently based around what that person's psyche is like. So, for instance, you have like one level that's like, I think this guy is a matador or the matador is like a representation of some trauma he has. I don't really remember. The entire level is like laid out like a black velvet painting. Yeah. Or there's a guy who thinks that he's Napoleon, and when you go inside of his head, there's you're on on a giant risk board that looks like France. Yeah, yeah. He's a. It's the it's the 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 Matador guy is a painter who you go into his head, and his land is called Black Velvetopia. Yeah, and you have to like run around this like crazy painting, collecting cards, and avoiding this giant bull. Hmm. Um, or or the milkman. Cool it's really funny. The milkman level is like a weird conspiracy that's very JFK. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite things about that also. So there's this guy that you run into who's, who's a milkman. And if you like just stand next to him uh, at some point in development, they recorded whoever the voice actor was for that doing like 20 minutes or so worth of just nodes of conspiracy theories that it plays at random. So you'll get like a fragment like the aliens are working with the president to steal a painting or something like that i don't know but just like yeah. it'll just keep it'll just keep making this this new conspiracy further and further and further and further and just keeps fucking going proc gen conspiracy theory stuff i mean i mean I, i'm i'm ready to support anyone uh who talks about any of the jfk theories you know i'm ready to give them financial money i'm ready to defend them in court yeah you should stream psychonauts dude it's a great game it's like really one of the best yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, but uh, you know, you guys see this other game that's been been getting been moving around the the interwebs the last week or two. Talk about Pokemon Unite. <laughs> I've not touched it, dude. I don't know anything. It's about like League it. of Legends. It's like League of Legends, but with Pokemon. It's just grooming children to enter the abusive world of MOBAs. Like, why are we doing this to the kids? I mean, you just explained mm. it right there. That is why they're doing it. I know, but it's not good. <laughs> and here's the here's the worst part. It's pay to win, folks. Boo! Evil. <laughs> All right, we can just add some sound effects to make it sound like Rory and I reacted. Yeah, you I guys mean, had zero I, reaction. I, I mean, okay. I'm sorry, but like a video game company doing the thing that video game companies do just is beyond my ability to be surprised at this point. It's maybe slightly disappointed. Wow, just but, business as usual. Uh, Yep, no, nothing seems out of the ordinary here. Just imagine if you're like, you're playing like a League of Legends type game, and then like someone just like, some dipshit kid just kicks your ass because he put like $35 into the game. Yeah, I mean, sounds terrible. Sounds fucking miserable. Why aren't you guys getting so pissed? I think both Rory and I don't care about MOBAs and have disregarded them totally as a category, and so it's just hard to get the juice out. I mean, the one saving grace I would say is that like, I've played uh, Nintendo's, some of their, their mobile games, like Mario Run or whatever it's called, and it's very half-assed. Like, they don't really, they make these games that are like definitely financially exploitative but they also don't really seem to care enough to push them at all it, it seems like none of them use cell phones yeah. still is like is like they're like what their cell phone games are like yeah that is true <laughs> it seems like they're all using landlines which i don't know maybe you get more done that way i mean possible yeah i mean they put out a lot of stuff and that also is probably a necessity because of the fact that like a lot of big developers don't really want to make stuff for Nintendo's eternal parade of strange consoles that don't meet anything resembling like what standard expectations are for like most AAA studios. And yet the Switch is still the best thing available. No, I mean, that's one of the best things about it. I love the fact that I can't play Assassin's <laughs> yeah. Creed on it. That is a bonus. I... Yeah, totally. The amount of shit that you can't play on it is really good. Because, <laughs> like, who needs it? Who fucking needs yeah. it? You got great games. You got great games to choose from. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. Just, yeah. No, I I love this weird little console that pretty much can only play <laughs> Nintendo games and indies. That's great. Did yeah. you guys see that weird uh, that weird little handle thing that came out that you crank I, it? Yeah, I want one. You I like, want one real bad. There's one thing that I'm going to excel at. It's a machine that rewards you for cranking it. Yeah. That's right in my Q zone. When's the last time you cranked it? Probably on Bop It. 
When's the last time you were allowed to in a public space crank it? Oh, bop it. Bop it. That's a better. Yeah. That's a much better question that I feel a lot more comfortable answering. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, speaking of public spaces, and honestly, speaking of cranking it, we actually got together to talk about something that we haven't even touched on for one second yet. Uh, oh, what's that? That is the new A24 film, The Green Knight. Oh, my God, I totally forgot we were doing that. That was the yeah. whole reason I, we were, got this podcast together. Yeah, okay, Rory, we have 20 minutes left. I will I will pay you to stop tearing shit from okay. labels. All right, if you insist. Take the money. Take the fucking money. Yeah. Take yeah, the Griffin money. doesn't need it. Look how nice his shirt is. I do love money. I'm going to keep printing them, though. Uh, print. That's a much more soothing sound. I'll, I can accept that. Got a I can compromise. Control, Griff, man. Okay, so let's talk about The Green Knight. Um, we all saw it. Yep. We Did we all love it? I loved it. I thought it was pretty cool. That's that's it. Um. I, I saw it. La- I saw it last night. Um, I have to say that my review is that it's like Monty Python, but with no jokes. Um, I was incredibly bored. There's by the at least film. one joke in that oh, movie. There are a couple of jokes in there. Yeah, there. I guess you have to laugh. They have to be funny. I'm sorry. Some of them were funny. I can't believe you were super bored. Well, okay, you so think that, let's, that, let's get you into think that. The, the ghost lady was funny. Yeah. The, to, to me, a lot of these A24 movies are doing really simplistic stories that I've seen before, but laying on an aesthetic layer that then like leads people to, I think, like think it's more intellectual or, or like smarter or more interesting than it is. Well, I don't think like, it was- like it's it's almost a parody of itself at this point, like the way that the camera in a 24 movies like starts to flip and go upside down. <laughs> we talked about or that. that there's absolutely. always goats. Im- there's always goat imagery. And it starts to feel less like a production company that's like um, that's allowing different storytellers and more like the production company is the storyteller. And that is like not a trend that I like so, am enjoying. And I think it's having diminishing returns. So where I push back on that, especially on this movie is I don't think this movie purports to be particularly intellectually challenging in that way. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. I don't think that's what it's trying to do. I think that it's trying to sort of retell and reapproach this like very simple, like Welsh myth of going to the green Knight. And I think yeah. it does a really great job of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's really fucking pretty. Um, even if it is, it does. There are a couple of shots that I hundred percent agree are just like, Oh, this is it. It's a 24 signature time. <laughs> Regular movie. A 24. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I have not it. watched a huge number of a 24 movies because of the fact that I generally kind of agree with Griffin's larger complaint. I generally really don't like slow brooding lyrical tone piece movies i think that's really fucking boring but the green knight uh had some cool swords in it and a bunch of people got their heads cut off and that's what i look for in a movie more than anything else i think all of that is it true had skulls. i also think that uh, i think goats are had cool. a lot of skulls mm-hmm so these are all great elements of the movie. And I also think that it was, I think it would be doing a really cool, a great movie to watch with dope smoker playing in the background. Also true. Um, hard to imagine movies what? that wouldn't be cool with dope smoker playing in the background, but uh, what, what are you talking about? You guys played music. No, I'm in just the saying movie. Yeah, yeah, it would have been cool. If you just like when that, when <laughs> this movie is out on video on demand, just put it on, put it on mute and then just start blasting sleep. You'll have a great time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. I was gonna say is the movie does a really cool job of it's it's doing what it's doing, and what it's doing is a little bit less sort of self indulgent, I think, than other A twenty four movies because I don't think the movie is acting like it's doing like a revelatory thing. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. Um, and I think that what it's just saying like this is a story about a guy trying to pass these tests of the five nightly virtues. Is he going to pass them or not? At the end of the movie, it's like, no, um, he's kind of just a fail son and fail son shit. Doesn't, you know, has a top end limit to when it comes to like actually being challenged. Um, and it's a very simple like message and it's portrayed as like a series of challenges that he like consistently fails. And like, that's it. And like, either you See, get on board and the movie is very like, either you're on board for this or you're not. And one thing I loved about the movie 
is that idea of either you're on board with it or you're not. Cause I think a lot of movies are like desperately grasping to have people be on board with it. And they're like, we will hand you everything. We will not, we'll have characters recite the plot all the time. We'll make everything very obvious. And I thought that this movie for better or worse. And in my case, I think better, but I think that your mileage may vary. I think that this movie was really like you're in or you're out like yes or no, like either you're playing the game or you're mm. not. And I think that like, I really like that when movies do that. It's something very rare in 2021 for movies to do. And so I was very like taken with that element of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's like really clear that there are like these like nightly virtues and the film is sort of segmented into chapters, but there isn't enough drawing me through the chapters in terms of a through line to where it felt very ambling. And on funnily enough, a bunch of people at my screen walked out because they were bored um like though like it's funny like if you put chapters in your movie it gives people a great excuse to get up because it's like it was like every time a chapter heading came up like two people would leave because i think that people were like this is just a little too like brooding and like nothing is really happening yeah Um, i think the chaptering was like a really weird and unnecessary nod to the structure of the original poem which does have like mm-hmm. sections. Um, I think the way they used it as like a frame to change the way the camera was functioning and change the aesthetic style between chapters was cool. But I think you can also just do that. Like, I don't think you need to have chapter titles to be like now or yellow or whatever. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I really loved it because I just thought every individual sequence, first of all, Barry Keegan's like my favorite actor. I fucking that dude. Barry Keegan being a weirdo, I could watch for my entire life. And also an <laughs> actor from now until the moment. Sure, I Sure, some shots, some sections kind of were pretty slow, but uh, Dev Patel's a hunk. Dev Patel, big, big hunk. time hunk. True, he can he can move as slow as he I, wants. I think uh, the slow moments were just c- telling you, hey, look at this hunk. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh. You know, and I like the fox. I thought the fox was cute. Um, but but yeah, I just think that there I didn't have enough fun throughout to to like make me be like this was a movie that stuck stuck with me. Um but uh yeah, I thought there was some interesting stuff in there. Oh wait, I, I had one more point, but fuck I forgot it. Oh uh. all right. Well you think about that. I would say this. I do think that part of it is also like so this is again some nerd shit, but like there are two clear eras of King Arthur mythology. There's like the period that was like Welsh historical and local myths that are like being made up by like weird sort of Welsh people in like the sixth through 10th century BC or AD rather, uh, or BC or CE. Um, but then there's like the sort of courtly romance shit that is like the Vulgate cycle, the Christian de Troyes, all that stuff, the Thomas Mallory, etc. And that's what like a lot of King Arthur mythology that we see now is, is stuff derived from that. And I thought this was a really cool way of adapting and executing in the style of those older Welsh myths Um, Mm -hmm. and playing with like this pagan world full of weird mystery magic that some of it doesn't get explained and it's just there. And there's weird rules and everything's freaking strange. Totally. Um, I love Tree Man. Tree Man sounded incredible. Tree Man is cool. Yeah. Like every. That's a reason. Big giants, big freaky giants. Yeah, I would say that's a reason to see the movie in theaters more than uh, the visuals of it. Just how fucking loud some of the stuff was. Getting to like feel the resonance of Tree Man's voice. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and and like the creaking of his like like limbs as he would like move forward and stuff were like awesome. Um but to me ultimately the film is about uh how you shouldn't trust your mom. Uh because like that mom was insane. Um there's a little bit of that. I mean his mom is a witch, you know, his mom is Morgan Le Fay in the story. Is yeah. oh okay. Interesting. And I was just confused because it's like he like is like the heir to the throne, but never has spoken to the king. He's a a shitty fail son nephew. Yeah, but they never spoke ever like that. That that seemed weird to me. And then he's like the next heir. Could Arthur not have a son? Uh, They were they talk about at the beginning that Arthur, Arthur's son is away and has been away for like a worryingly long time. And so the implication, I think, is that he eventually is dead. (laughs) Okay, because all that stuff happened really fast. I was confused. Yeah, no, I mean, that's Um, the thing is this movie. That is one thing about this movie that I think, again, that I liked about it, but I think makes it a thing that's not for everyone is that like it will go very slowly and then be like very quick with information or very quick with a scene or very quick with a style change. 
um, in a way that you're just like it, it, it makes you intentionally not ready for that stuff. So it's mm-hmm. easy to lose track of things. And I think that's, again, really cool and challenging and fun to me. But I, again, also can see how that's not like everyone's cup of tea. I think it's, it, that seems obviously not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, I just I want to challenge a 24 to make a movie that can't be described as a slow burn. That's all I just want to say is like like I want to see them just explore a different thing, like because it's just like it, it's the way that I look at like. Oh, like they, they made Rick and Morty and now they have like this show called Solar Opposites that looks exactly the same. And now there's 10 other shows that look like Rick and Morty. It's like all of that starts to feel um, way less interesting to me as a pro- as a product. And, and, and I'm sorry, like the A24 stink kind of got on this. Did movie you like the lighthouse? <laughs> I thought the lighthouse, lighthouse was fun. I just brought it up because that's the last A24 movie that I saw. And I- I thought that one like was was like like able to like be its own thing still. It, it still definitely like had a yeah. lot of those same qualities that you're describing, but it also had Willem Dafoe yelling so, the words yeah. "monkey pump," yeah, which yeah. just kicks ass. That, I mean, and that's hard, to, and that's very that, hard. Yeah, to that argue movie with, just honestly. kicked ass. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, like there, I think that movie w- like just was always meant to be that way. Um, and so, and sometimes, yeah, I mean, it can feel, it can feel and authentic. I guess, I guess um, maybe but, also uh, like the commonality between those two films is that like that maybe biases me towards both of them is one, I really like nautical shit. And two, I really like people getting decapitated with swords. So I, yeah. I, I have an yeah. innate bias towards the contents of both of these films. Yeah. I, I, I too, I mean, I like both those things, but also I think one reason why this movie, I think it's fair to say the reason why when I saw the trailer, the first day the trailer was released and I swore an oath to myself that I would see it opening weekend is that it's a movie that's like exactly in the my zone of things I like about movies in a lot of ways where it's a big world. It's very pretty. It's very weird. It's very like you have to pay attention and follow this puzzle step by step in these weird ways. Like it's doing this shit that I really love when movies do, but like that's like luck stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's not a fair way. To, it's in your Q zone. Yeah. It's like, it, that's, it's, it's fair to say, I think that there's reasons to not love the movie. I think that for instance, our friend Dom's reasons for not liking the movie were mostly silly, but what were they? um, mm-hmm. I forget, but I was yelling at him on Twitter. I don't know. I was yelling on Facebook. Who knows if I actually think they're silly. I just like yelling at Dom. That's part of the fun of being on Facebook. Legit. Um, but yeah, like I just think that I think that it was a really well executed movie. And I think it's closer to a lighthouse than a Vavitch, mm-hmm. um on the A24 scale. Because uh, true, so uh, so much of the cinematography, while it definitely did some A24 stuff, also did some like super beautiful, unique shit. I agree. Um, I, I, I will. I really do. I really did enjoy the visuals of a, of a lot of it. I'll, I will say that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, I wanted to ask, did you guys see the trailer to Lamb yeah. before? <laughs> we did. And we talked about it. What was happening? That looks like some A24 shit. This is what I'm talking about. That is this the is most A twenty four ass fucking movie like, in the world. I literally was like, I was like, literally, I was like, this is like a parody sketch that I wrote. It's like, it's like an like apotheosis. What if it is though? What if yeah, what if it is like, a conscious nod? I mean, I, it, I might I, just it, be self justifying because I feel like I'm probably gonna go watch that one just because I really like I, I mean, really probably. like shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't. I, I don't know. Something something is sus about their fascination with sheep, and that's all I'll Maybe say about that. Maybe it's just that, that they, they recognize um, that sheep are cool. Yeah, sheep and goats do <laughs> yeah, what There's, is like there's that's a house in my neighborhood that has some goats in the backyard, and like at least once a week, I will ride my bike over there and just stand outside their house for like ten minutes, staring at their goats. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not I'm not being creepy. Um, this is a common enough phenomenon that they like have signs up instructing people like which plants are outside of their. Ha- you're one of the men who yeah. stare at goats they have a, or whatever. A sign that outside their is. house like telling you which of their bushes you can take leaves off of to feed the goats. Mm. And I have, and it's great. Uh, wow. Uh, 
Well, on that note, folks, I, I wanted to round out this episode with just a little bit more, just a touch of gamer content on the way out. You know, uh, it, we can't have every single episode be about this Blizzard controversy or this will just be a Blizzard podcast forever. So I think that we should just have, uh, you know, a tiny little segment where we check in and see what's on fire this week at Blizzard. Uh, most recently, uh, within the last 24 hours, Blizzard president Jay Allen Brad has stepped down from the bean cool president good i think <laughs> everybody should set down ggs fixed i think it's fixed right. ggs f's in the chat i mean yeah fuck that guy one more down another another sacrifice um and well there should be like it's it's so the details that are coming out are just so fucking crazy that it's just like Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 don't worry, guys. They're fixing it. You know why? They made a very big change in their company culture today. And by company culture, I mean in the game World of Warcraft, they removed the slash spit oh. emote. That's that's to show that they are against harassment. Uh, you can no longer target another player in WoW and spit on them. You could do like, that. Great. I guess to me that's the top, that was the top of the list of demands. What do you want, Lux? I think that's that's what the signs I had the protest. I Everyone walked out and said, "We're sick of this emo." I think for me, if you're looking at it from sort of a Lux perspective, mm-hmm. that that's fine. But it seems crazy to me that they can even ask for or try to garner. Uh, I think it's fucked up to I think it's fucked up to put their perverted shit into the genre of spitting. There's a lot of consensual spitting. Yeah, you, you There's a Griffin lot of po- love spit stuff. There's a lot of positive spitting happening in the world. I think it's just another thing that they have poisoned. Yeah, I think that that's true. But I think that like it's just hard to be sympathetic to a company where a high ranking executive tweets out a link to the problem with whistleblowers during a, okay. a staff that, protest. I think it's hard to be sympathetic fuck? to a company. Yeah, I think it's hard to be sympathetic to a company that in response to a staff walkout because of their horrible working conditions immediately hires an, a union busting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that it's every single thing they do as a company at this point just rings so deeply hollow because they've seen they can't help but express how they really feel, which is like fear at organized labor and disdain for people's issues with the company. That's how they really feel. They've made that very clear. They have tried to hide it and done a piss poor job. And that's why I like this. I like that's why I like this week for Blizzard because they're they're going mask off and they're saying, you know what, it, we are the monster you say we are. And I think that's in a certain way, in more it's beautiful, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. I do appreciate I mean, no. corporate honesty and in the sense. Yeah, corporate. Yeah, honesty, it's right? uh, fostering corporate honesty by admitting just we're horrible pieces of shit. Mm hmm. Uh, and, and guys, and guys, you know, I, we we're 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 losing a president here in uh, at Blizzard. But but, you know, there's those are all sorts of characters that are going to that have not jumped ship yet. And, and Lux mentioned um, that this whole uh, Activision executive who tweeted uh, about the problem with whistleblowing. Uh, well, this <laughs> this woman is very interesting. That's a really generous word. <laughs> Um, because she has had a very storied career uh, about about whistleblowing. Um, she uh, was the uh, before working at Blizzard, she had a little job working as assistant to the president for Homeland Security and counterterrorism for George yep. W. Bush. Yeah, uh, she's a known <laughs> torture apologist, <laughs> torture endorser, uh, tor- pro pro torturer. Um, you know, uh, breaking torture ceilings, breaking Breaking glass glass torture torture ceilings, ceilings, and then making people step on the glass. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just, I really am starting to come around on blizzard, you know, all these other creators are, are ditching it, but I'm like, and now it'd be kind of, wouldn't it be fun to just be evil it's like playing Paragon. It's like choosing the evil side, right? In, in an RPG. Like, wouldn't it be morbidly kind of fun to all of a sudden just be pro Blizzard in a big way on this podcast? All three of us. Uh, no. No. And also, I, Hard. I genuinely cannot think how, what I could. I don't even like Blizzard's fucking games. I don't know what, what I would pretend to like. 
But you do love like Bush era neocons. No. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. I, I, Neither I, of I kind of like admire those. their audacity. You don't even like them. I, I, there's, I guess, something admirable about being so comfortable with yourself that you can be outwardly evil and not care. But that is. <laughs> I'm not impressed, but I'm amazed. I'm amazed by their lust for life. Yeah, they are lustful when it comes to life. And only that. Um, Like, like imagine that you, like, are part of, like, one of the most, like, elite evil teams, like, to ever do it. And then, like, you're just, you're retiring in your sunset by, like, crushing little nerds to game developers. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. I just, I she will live forever. Miss, Miss Townsend, respect. I hope that you are covering for evil organizations um, for for war, for war criminals all over yeah, up and down I, this I beautiful country. I hope you get country. to cape for bastions of cruelty for as long as you live. <laughs> Fran Townsend, Fran Townsend, you are a gamer, um, whether you play them or not. Um, all right. I think that's probably an episode. Yeah, um, I think so. Which means, Rory, yep. why don't you tell our lovely listeners where they can find your shit, how they can follow you, how they can do whatever. Tell them whatever you want to know them, them to yeah. know about you and your deal. Uh, well, um, first and foremost, unfortunately, just because of other people having uh, the handles that they have, I can't say that like I have a uh, even front where like I could say like, yeah, just follow at Rory Blank on everything. Nope, that won't work. What you want to do is nope. <laughs> if you're on Instagram, follow at Rory Blank. Uh, if you're on Twitter, follow at Bone Jail. Uh, Facebook Rory Blank Comics. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. It's, it's not uniform. Hey, that, that's not bad. That's three. That's it. Could be. It used to be way. Wait, it worse. used to be that my Twitter handle was Piss Castle, and people actively didn't like that and wouldn't follow me because of that. It, it instantly built an image in everyone's head that they didn't. I didn't want like to having have. it either. Yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was but sort of a, bone yeah. jail. Sounds it was cool. A chain. Um. Well, we will be putting all three of those links in the description of the episode, folks. So make sure to smash all three. Make sure to click all and, three of them. Uh, what is this coming out tomorrow? Uh, yes. I will probably have new shirts up for sale by Friday. Hell uh, yeah! Cool. And they will uh, be cool. Skeletonwizard.com. And, and how's, how's it going? How's it going with your lawsuit against the wine moms and the bigfoot sign? I don't sign? care. Uh, honestly. <laughs> So I'm I'm not representing you in court uh, I mean, anymore. If you about want that. to, you you go ahead and go for it. Um, you, don't, you don't have yeah, to show up. Just take them for all they're worth. Um, so if anybody listening to this is wondering what what Griffin's talking about, so like three months ago, I was biking home from getting my second COVID shot. I was feeling a little out of it. I saw one of those signs that said like in in this house we believe science is real, so forth, so on. Which you know it, it's all stuff that's like fairly anodyne or positive stuff but like everybody who, who has any of those signs uh is usually like gentrifying a neighborhood and thinks that they can offset uh gentrifying a neighborhood by putting up a sign that says they're compassionate and in particular in austin uh it was real fucking funny seeing those signs going up saying nobody is illegal while uh a ballot measure was up that got passed that essentially criminalizes being homeless in a big fucking chunk of the city. So um, I didn't want to like directly make fun of any of the sentiments on the sign because again, they're decent. So I, I made a sign that looked exactly like that sign, but was just about wanting to fuck Bigfoot. And <laughs> this is sort of behind the, behind the scenes breakdown of, of, of an artist's, um, sort of creative process. Yeah, and is so that turned into a meme, and uh, I ended up actually making. Yeah, it went viral. massively viral. Probably, unfortunately, I see the reason why I think I'm fine with people stealing it is because I don't honestly want to be remembered for this. But uh, because of the fact that like is the sign was showing up everywhere, I decided to actually make signs, which I donated um, two thousand dollars of the proceeds from to a organization in Austin that helps unhoused people. Um, so oh, yeah. uh, the reason I bring all this up is to say, well, ultimately, like anything you put online that gains traction is going to get stolen. That's inevitable. It's kind of not even worth fighting. 
because it's inevitable. But um, at the same time, anybody who is now bootlegging those signs, anybody who is copying the the text that I wrote, uh, you're stealing from homeless people. Yeah, and big, and also you're you're stealing from unhoused people and getting them shelter and food. So you're a horrible person. I'm not going to stop you, but you're going to hell. You're stealing clout. You're you're going down with all the rest of the clout. Stealing valor, stealing clout, stealing food and shelter out of the lives of homeless people. And going to hell. What an absolutely abysmal trifecta. So uh, just live with yourself, I guess. Just go back to be pretending to be a soldier. (laughs) (laughs) I never stopped. Damn. And Griffin really puts the nail in that one. Until Um, they stop giving me the discount, I'm not stopping. Um, so that's uh, Rory's deal. And I super encourage everyone <laughs> to check out all of Rory's stuff because it is fantastic. Um, and Griffin, do you have anything special? Or should I just do the regular stuff? Do the, do the regular shit, bro. Um, all right. So if you wanted to find Griffin's stuff, you can look him up on TikTok at Griffin P. Davis. You can look him up on Twitter at Griffin P. Davis. You can find this man on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Chumroom. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Tailboy. That is T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. Uh, you cannot find me on Instagram, as we stated earlier. So if you want to find me, Twitter is the only real way DM, to do it. No, DM me. Or DM Griffin. Uh, you can find Griffin on Instagram at fill me in here. I don't have it written down. Griffin B. Davis. Boom, baby. That's where you'd go to DM Griffin about me if you choose to. Again, or you can find me on Twitter. Um, if you want to hear me do some streaming stuff, I'm on Chum, I'm on Chum Room sometimes, although not as often as I'd like to be. we got to figure that out. And also on uh, twitch.tv slash Forrest G. Walker, where I switch streams Shin Megami Tensei and do an okay job at a game I'm very bad at. And finally, you can find Party World Wrestling stuff on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Party World Wrestling or on YouTube if you just search Party World Wrestling. That's going to do it oh, for us. Uh, what- oh, when when's when's the summer show going to be out? Uh, don't know. I just got the footage two hours ago. <laughs> uh, I would like to also plug that the next POUR show that we recorded yes. two weeks ago. It'll come out sometime in the month of August. I did some real hype shit. Um, yes, it was really hype. I will say this. The match Rory is involved in is really extraordinarily good. <laughs> um, so please check that out. Um, and I think that will do it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. You're the best. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Banjo gooey. (laughs) Fuck you you for that. (laughs) Fuck you for that. CM Punk is short for cummy mummy punk. That one somehow is a little less bad. The way I react to things isn't.